Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your host, Sam and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hi, Sam. Hey, Sonia. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, okay. This is what we're doing. <laughs> we do this like every second episode. We really do. But you know what? It's the new year. I'm very excited. I cannot wait. Just, I feel like 2023 does not feel like COVID happened three years ago or began three years ago rather, but I'm just ready for change. Yeah. It's like the first time that I actually don't know what will happen this year. So we'll just, we'll see. We'll see where I end up. From like a personal point of view? Yeah. Like in terms of goals, in terms of like, what will Sonia be doing by the end of this year? Do you know what? I have a lot of people ask me that back in New Zealand where they're like, so what's Sonia up to? And I'm like, she's thriving. She's (laughs) in Canada. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because she wants to travel, you know, perhaps South America. And they're like, oh, good for her. And I'm just like, I feel like you're not saying that's good for her and I want to fight you right now and I don't know why I get defensive, but I'm like, can a woman not travel for fun? Yeah, it's very mixed reactions when you tell people you're moving overseas because I feel like this is kind of the age where people are looking to settle down in our culture and I say our culture specifically because we're not old. Well, I don't think we're old. I'm only 26. And yeah, it's very mixed reactions. What surprises me or what catches me off guard is like people our age questioning it a particular type of way. I'm like, no, you're supposed to be on my side, you know? We're meant to travel, like blink, blink, blink. (laughs) Before we get into the show, a huge thank you to HSBC for powering this week's episode. 80% of money media tell women to spend less and make them feel bad about money. Yet more than 67% of women want to learn about their finances and grow their wealth. We are so proud to be partnering with HSBC as they pave the way for financial well-being and diversity, which aligns with our mission of empowering women. An integral part of HSBC's mission is to empower and support each customer with their unique wealth needs, whenever and wherever they are. So whether you're at the very beginning of your wealth creation phase and taking your first steps in investing, or you're starting to think about passing your wealth and values to the next generation, HSBC can connect you to global opportunities at every stage of your wealth journey. Jump onto the link in the description to find out more. All right, back to the show. Well, one of the great things about our community is that oftentimes they will send in like questions around what they want to hear from the podcast episodes, which we absolutely love, send them through. But we got a specific one from Grace and I wanted to read it out and ask if we could talk about this today. So Grace goes, hey, just wondering if you could do a podcast episode on some examples of companies doing a lot of good that we can invest in. I'm talking ones that may not necessarily be the least risky choice, but somewhere where your money can definitely do good. Not as like a main investment, but perhaps for play money. So I think she means like speculative investing, where I am willing to take on a bit more risk for a good cause. It's important to make sure that these companies are public so that people can possibly buy from them. And before we get into it, of course, huge disclaimer, us talking about these companies does not mean that you should go buy them or that they will even make you money. But do we think they're good companies that we're possibly looking at to invest in one day? 100%. I'm really excited to talk about this because I think that it 
puts a positive spin on, you know, we're starting a new year, we're putting some companies that might not be on your radar, on your radar. And I think it's like a fun topic that I feel like I almost want to make a series, you know, what companies are on our radar at all times. Absolutely. I mean, like, if you think about it, it's not just anecdotal. We did some research and 71% of Americans think that companies do have a greater responsibility now than ever before to address issues that maybe we like let them slide with. We used to just be like, oh, like what is Apple going to do about climate? Or like, what does Microsoft have to do with, um, you know, good waste disposal of like tech parts? But now we're just like, wait, no, they should be doing more than just talking the talk. And we want to support brands that work hard we want to support things that we care for and when given the choice between two similar brands 71 percent of consumers will choose the purpose-driven company over the alternative 80 percent of us are more likely to remember a company with a strong purpose and we're 4.5 times more likely to recommend it to a friend and family even though this is like data backed i feel like none of that surprises me I think that's just what you and I would have done anyway. Yeah. I think it just goes to show that we're definitely a more in tune generation of investors and we really care about going above and beyond than just a profit or even dividends, dare I say it. And we always talk about, you know, how we think that we can vote with our dollars and how we have the power to influence these companies with our vote or with where we, you know, choose to invest. And I think that stat just speaks to that. So it does not surprise me. 1000%. So the first company that I have on my radar is Microsoft. And there's a number of reasons why Microsoft stands out as a company that is doing good in the world. Obviously, there's the products that they make, but it's more about the operations of how they lead themselves as a global tech company, because it then kind of has a knock on effect to others that are competing against them and going, well, Microsoft is doing XYZ, then like that's the bare minimum we need to do to be, you know, even able to be on their side or compete alongside them. One of the things that they started to do in 2020 is they issued a new mandate to their contractors, which is where they basically said, hey, listen, if you want to work with us and have your contracting teams join in on our kind of wider community, then all of your contracting companies have to give paid time off to the employees. It has to be an offer that you give because with contracting, it's kind of like do your work and like no paid time off, no holidays, no sick leave. But to make this mandatory for their contractors, it was just sadly revolutionary. It was like, wow, one of the few companies that have done this. And it kind of gave them a lot of clout. It gave them a lot of power. And only 12% of private sector employees in the States are giving sick leave, which I mean, is problematic in so many ways. I'm sorry. Okay. That stat is surprising to me. 12% is an extremely low number when you consider how big the US is and how many companies are in the US. That's crazy. It is insane. And it just goes to show like if we're leading in the right way, then we, I don't own Microsoft. If Microsoft leads in the right way, <laughs> it just looks well. Another thing that I really love about Microsoft is that they 
wow, the bar is on the floor, as I'm about to say this, they pay a lot of taxes. <laughs> and so in the last year, they paid $1.28 billion in income tax. And this is, you know, highly speculative because of where the money is going. So I don't really support this reason as much as maybe I did in the past. But Bill Gates has probably been one of the highest donating founders of any tech company. They have given away over $22 billion, not just $2 billion, 22 billion. And so if you compare to people like Andrew Carnegie, who was, you know, such a philanthropist in his time, also accounting for inflation, he only gave $3 billion in current dollars over the course of his life. So Bill Gates has given more away than, you know, the people that we kind of looked at as, wow, they've done so much. And so for those reasons, it's not like I want to go and run out and buy Microsoft shares because I'm like, wow, they're doing the bare minimum. Like, let me buy a share. It's just, it's nice to see them not be evil. I'm really glad that you brought up the point that the bar is on the floor or maybe a little bit further down than that. Maybe it's in hell. So are these good companies or, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe that's a conversation to be had. Like, are these are there any good companies? Is this the best Sim and Sonia could find? Like, we yeah. looked everywhere and we came up with Microsoft. Like, I'm sorry. Look, I think I'm glad you bring Microsoft up because people have a tendency to really quickly overlook the good a company is doing. And I think there needs to be some balance in our arguments and with our perspectives as well. I think it's very easy for us to just pick a side, so to speak. And it's kind of harder for us as humans to grapple with the fact our company can be doing some problematic things that it does need to improve on, but also it's doing XYZ that is actually really good and is making a positive impact on a different set of people, but it's still a positive impact. Do you know what I mean? You know what? I'm embarrassed. Do you have yours? Embarrassed for what? (laughs) For bringing up Microsoft. I was trying to defend you. I'll fight anyone, okay, that says anything. (laughs) Well, the second company that we wanted to talk about today is one that I think is probably not on people's radars. It definitely was not on mine. And that is waste management. So waste management, it is a comprehensive waste and environmental services company operating in North America for those that don't know. And I think the reason that this company is not on people's radar is because it's not as exciting as tech or it's not as in your face like healthcare. But this company is a strength in its space. And I feel like this company is doing a whole lot of good things that I'm really excited to talk about today. So first of all, managing waste. We don't appreciate the companies that do this enough. So waste management, they operate hundreds of landfills around the United States and they manage recycling centers and fleets of trucks to collect garbage as well. I think there has been some conversation about respecting roles and responsibilities of people in these spaces. So, you know, your janitors, your garbage truck drivers, we see that appreciation there. But if this company did not exist, you would notice. Do you know what I mean? Your homes would smell. <laughs> There'd be flies outside your front lawn. You would be sad. 
Yeah. At the moment, they're creating landfills that can be filled in and turned into parks once they're full. And they have been super active in the recycling space as well. Another cool thing is that it's converting a whole fleet of garbage trucks to be a little bit more eco-friendly as well. And that can benefit the environment while also cutting down the amount that the company spends on fuel. Damn, they're doing it all. I cannot believe that waste management is out here doing the most. And like, this is the first I'm hearing of all of it. I'm going to be honest. When I was doing my research, in my head, I was like, damn, you can buy waste management company shares. I didn't realize that you could buy shares from waste management because I think everyone just thinks they don't put two and two together. They just think, oh, yeah, the government's taking care of our rubbish, you know? Well, that's because we're from New Zealand and the government often takes care of most things from where we're from. <laughs> so the idea that there's a private sector and that the government like contracts out to the private sector is so foreign to us. It is wild to me. And the thing that is interesting is there's obviously other waste management companies out there. But just in general, I think it's really important that they're leading a lot of conversations around recycling, around, you know, waste in general, because they're the corporation that handles it all. And I feel like people should listen to them. And the thing with waste management that people sleep on is in the last five years, it has gone up 90%, which is absolutely insane. Granted, year to date, it's only gone up 0.33%, but compared to other waste management services and compared to other consumer staples and consumer goods, they're doing pretty well. So they're good for the world, but they're also good for your bank account, perhaps. The third company is Beyond Meat, and Beyond Meat is doing some pretty cool things in the world. Though I have to give you the disclaimer or like the negative before I get into anything, they are not doing well with their shares. They are dropping like hotcakes it is like not an ideal time to be a beyond meat shareholder but in terms of the impact that they're having around the world it's pretty awesome if you don't know what they are they're basically a plant-based product they're trying to become like meat but they're not obviously using real meat so they make burgers sausages chicken and the idea is that well if you think about it when you use real meat that takes up a lot of land takes up a lot of water takes up a lot of energy and so this kind of like alternative meat product takes less land water and energy to create and so it's much more better in terms of the carbon footprint that you get with beyond meat their quarter pounder burger for example uses 99% less water 93% less land course you're not having to like have the animals there so that makes sense and they end up working very closely with partnerships which have been monumental to their ability to make money so they now have several fast food restaurants that allow you to buy a beyond meat burger so like burger king and denny's but one of the larger cons is that mcdonald's backed out and did not decide to use them after an initial test. So we're starting to see one, you know, that was a bit of a shake up. Like, why did McDonald's not want to go with them? Does it mean it's like an inferior product? But there's also a lot of competition in the market. So, in terms of, are we doing good for the world? Absolutely. Is this a good brand to invest in? Well, there's things like Impossible Foods coming up, which are, you know, they're direct competitor. I think it's interesting because. Have you ever had a Beyond Meat burger? No. I went vegan for 30 days 
one time in my life. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And I talked about it nonstop. It became my personality really. And I remember having like Beyond Meat or like these alternative meats and I'm like, wow, I'm really not digging this. And then I thought, why am I trying to replace meat constantly just because I'm vegan? Do you know what I mean? I love that they have alternatives out there, but I don't know how healthy it is to have it like all the time. I see what you mean. Like you're saying you'd rather just eat fruit and veggies as opposed to like alternative versions of meat, like processed versions of. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. I get you, Sonia. That is such a tangent and probably not entirely relevant to the conversation that we are having right now. Well, I think it is relevant because if you realize like Beyond Meat is trying to fill a need, but then people are like, but I don't really need it. You know, like how much do I really need a beef burger if I'm trying to become vegan? I just don't know how healthy it is to replace something that you're trying not to eat, but different. I guess it makes like the transition easier into veganism, especially if you're a huge meat eater. It's like nicotine patches for meat eaters. That's exactly the analogy that I had in my head. I love all the milk alternatives. I will say that. Like, we can't live without our oat milk now. No, we are oat milk girlies. Well, on that topic, we do have one more company. And Sonia, take it away. What is a good company that is doing good in the world that we can invest in? Well, a company that isn't spoken about too much but is still big in the tech game is Adobe. So Adobe, for those of you who really value employees being treated correctly and companies acting ethically towards its people. You're going to love this one because Adobe actually achieved multiple initiatives and that includes gender pay equity across all of its businesses around the world because it is a multinational company, which means that it exists in different countries, not just one. And they've also set a goal to achieve net zero emissions by 2035. Something that I didn't know is that last year for the sixth year in a row, Adobe has been named Fortune Magazine's list of 25 world's best workplaces. They rank number 21 and they've actually been recognized as the best workplace in Australia, France, Germany, India, Ireland, Japan, the UK and the US as well, which is crazy. You know that website Glassdoor? Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're looking for a new company and you are interviewing or you're interested in a company, you go into Glassdoor and you see employee reviews of the company and their time there. Adobe's Glassdoor page is actually pretty good. Like majority of the reviews of the workplace in terms of fair pay, in terms of leave, in terms of compensation, in terms of career progression, in terms of like work-life balance, they seem to be nailing it on the head on all fronts. So yeah, that's something that I would never have picked up. And employer relations or like how companies treat their employees is a huge value of mine. So this is something that spoke to me immediately. And if you're thinking like, okay, it sounds like that's good for the employees, but how is that good for me as like a shareholder? It really trickles back to like, well, if you're a good employer, your employees are going to show up better. They're going to feel more comfortable to come up with ideas so innovation improves. They're going to be more likely to turn up to work so like productivity improves. But more importantly, you're going to get more out of 
that like system and you're going to end up with better products which means better spending by consumers which ultimately means better profits and hopefully shares improve as well as a result so it's like a step by step if you don't have Mm -hmm. a good leader and you don't take care of your team how on earth are you going to have a good brand long term at least yeah I will say that the Adobe stock is down by 33 percent so far in 2022 but analysts they do think it's because the company might be undervalued. So you might see Adobe in a lot of lists in the new year of like companies to watch out for, companies that need to be on your radar. Like I'm willing to bet that it's going to be across majority of those lists that come out. How much are you betting? A hundred bucks. Okay. And then when do we, what day do we review this bet? I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize we were timing episodes now. <laughs> I'm kidding. There's already like articles on Yahoo Finance. Like, is this an opportunity to invest in Adobe Inc.? Like, is this the right time? It's one of those, is Adobe going to be the like underdog that we never saw coming, but the world needed in 2023? Possibly. Should you buy shares in it today? I don't think we can make that assumption for you. I personally (laughs) am not, but it just is one of those instances where if you really think about it, all these companies that we have spoken on are actually in the S&P 500. So if you are invested in a broad market index like the S&P 500, like the total market index of the US, you've kind of got your, you know, a little bit of money sort of spread across these companies anyway. And I think that's the beauty of, of investing in funds. You get a good spread and It just means you don't have to do the research of trying to find individual companies that are doing good in the world. But in saying that, if you want to know deep down what the best companies are that are doing great things in the world, as recommended by Sim and Sonia, it includes Microsoft, it includes Waste Management, Beyond Meat and Adobe. These are four companies that you might not have considered when it comes to companies being good to their employees, coming out with great products or being, you know, really strong in their industries. But they're shining bright and we are here for that and that's all we can ask for and we hope that other companies just start to look at this and go well maybe I should change as well now if you enjoyed this episode definitely put it up on your story tag us send it to a friend it's the best way that we can continue to spread our message far and wide otherwise I'll see you next week Sonia see you next week Sim bye bye Before we go, thank you again to HSBC for not only powering this episode, but for the rest of the season. Don't forget to check out the link in the description to find out more. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.